real estate investors from Florida, Georgia, and Texas. There's a big online event this coming October that you shouldn't miss. Discover new techniques on how to grow your business and thrive in the middle of the crisis in no time. Just simply go to www.realestateiq.co summit and sign up today. So today we will be covering week six out of seven for it doesn't take uh, millions to be a queen. And today we're doing week six due diligence on apartment offerings. So that includes kind of a lot of different things, the, the building, the people, the market, um, the legal documents. And so I try to be pretty much as um, comprehensive as possible, kind of saying, okay, if I was a passive investor and I wanted to get involved in a project, um, what do I need to be watching out for? And some of this stuff too, because like if you start as a passive investor and you go, um, you go to be an active investor, you have to know all this stuff before you can really go active because you have to understand the deal itself before you know you even bother just putting the money and the other stuff together. So uh, it's a good uh, learning day. So for me, the reason what gets you know that gets me out of bed every day and the reason why I do what I do in multifamily isn't really driven by money. Like obviously you have to have the money to go buy the apartments, you have to have the money to operate them, uh, to keep them in business, et cetera. But um, that's not really why I do this. For me, it's about getting my message out there as much as possible. And I know that when you do something that's different, so for example, there aren't a lot of women in multifamily real estate. Um, when you're doing something different, you get noticed, you know, so that's part of part of the deal. So that is exactly what is my why. Um, I've noticed there aren't a lot of females in multifamily real estate and I want to change that. And also multifamily real estate has helped to create passive cash flow for me, which has also created independence. So for me, not having to feel like I have to be with any certain person at any certain time, um, live in any certain place, do any certain things to be, um, to be approved of or whatnot. Um, I, have the cash flow to be able to do what I need to do. So I want to be able to give that to other ladies and not just ladies, but also, you know, gentlemen as well. But for me, I just noticed that, you know, women, 60% of women, this is a Merrill Lynch study, don't invest because they, they cite not having enough information. But a lot of it is to kind of how we grow up and being taught to, to save and to donate versus invest, you know, and women tend to be better investors anyway. So I'd like to have more females get into the multifamily space as uh, investors. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ, number one in deal finding, 45,000 leads every month. And at the end of the presentation, we'll go over exactly what leads are available and what you can get, which is great because when you're building a business, when you have a deal flow, uh, that's the best way to scale up your business if you're wanting to, to grow. So let me do this little testimonial real quick for y'all about Real Estate IQ. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm here with Adam at Redneck Country Club at the lending event. And Adam has been using our system for a while. Adam, could you share with us your experience with our tool? Yeah, so um, I love the tool. It was re it's really been very useful for me as, uh, as a new investor. Um, I don't have access to the MLS, so running comps was something that was a problem. Um, now that I have that the tool, I can run comps. It allows me to secure my first deal, um, and I'm going to market with it and look to, um, because of the comps that I was able to run, 
and get it for the right price, I was able to secure a deal that's probably going to profit me somewhere north of fifty thousand dollars. Oh, fantastic! And by the way, we uh, can also help you market your deal too, Adam. Uh, thank you so much. And guys, our deal analysis suite is only fifteen dollars a month, and it's got unlimited comps all over Texas. So make sure you take advantage of this special right now. Thank you, guys. If you want to learn how to analyze deals just like us, make sure you check out this webinar on how to run comps. So there is webinar galore on Real Estate IQ's website. So we've got, uh, from, for these webinars that we've done, the seven series uh, that I am presenting right now that's also on there. So if you want more information, and that way you can get the webinar and get walked through um, exactly what he was talking about, how to run comps. All right, so speaker today is me, <laughs> Kaylee McBann. Um, so I am founder of The Apartment Queen. Uh, we have 731 doors, actually, uh, asset center management. As general partner, key principal, each different deal, there's a, a different role that I hold because you can't, there's no way that you could do that by yourself. Nope, it's all about team. And again, I have a passion for helping others create independence. That is my why and gets me out of bed every day. So um, multifamily real estate has definitely helped me to do that. And then this is my really cool logo. I just want to throw it in there. So today, what we're going to be talking about is doing your due diligence on apartment offerings. All right. So there's a lot of a lot of pieces to this puzzle. So we're going to go through, I think, the most important things that you need to understand whenever you are looking to do your due diligence on apartment offerings. So right here, this is our problem statement that I find. Uh, there are a lot of projects that only offer partners. So if you're an investor, meaning an equity partner, 50 to 60 percent of the equity of the project. Um, you know, you'll notice inside the offering document, sponsors wipe out the investors only after returning the minimum projected. So for example, if they say we're going to get you 9% return, uh, as soon as they're able to get you that much, and maybe even the, the project's 24% return, uh, they'll pay you your money and wipe you out. But you have to look inside the offering documents to make sure that you can see where that is identified. So we'll cover this later, but in the PPM, um, again, we'll cover that later. Um, that's where all of the disclosures are. So that's where you're going to be looking for this stuff. But I just see that out there. Um, there's also a need for an easy way to get educated on risks and benefits of real estate and to show individuals the opportunities that are out there. So that's something that in our solution statement uh, that we are aiming to fix. So we offer 70 to 80% of limited partners equity in our projects. So meaning we as operators technically own 100% of that deal. We'll go in and get a loan on the property. We'll raise the money that we need. But instead of going to a loan broker, or not loan broker, a equity broker for the remaining that we need to close, like the soft costs and, um, you know, say if the loan is 80% or 70%, the remaining that we need to close, we'll go reach out to individuals, friends, family members, people that we know. And instead of offering them only um, half of the equity in the deal, we'll offer them 70 to 80% of the equity in the deal. So that makes it pretty sweet uh, for ownership from that perspective. Um, so that's what we offer, and it's it's more than most. Um, we also keep investors in the projects for the life of the project, uh, and investors are able to take advantage of the higher returns, um, higher than expected if they happen. They can absolutely, because we're all equal partners. Um, we constantly also add investor education to keep partners updated. So we have a portal, uh, and some of this information is part of that, uh, like this presentation we're going through right now. And so it just really helps investors to make sure that they, um, they know what they're doing. You know, that's the most important part when you're doing your due diligence, due, due diligence is knowing what you're looking for, right? Um, and so what I'm doing right now is kind of phrasing what we do, what's common in the market, um, what we see as, as issues and how we have fixed that or how you can um, watch out for that. So 
Speaking of market, so currently right now, we are looking and or already own in Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, Austin, Phoenix, San Antonio. The reason that we pick these markets, and it's important for you to know as an investor, whether you're active or passive, it doesn't matter in apartments, is to understand why you would pick a certain market. You want to really, really, really narrow down exactly where you're investing. So for us, the reason why these are big target markets, in addition, we just added uh, Jacksonville, Florida, so I'll have to stick that on there. Um, these markets are landlord friendly, they're tax friendly, and they're business friendly. So meaning that you can run your business however you see fit. Um, obviously, there are certain laws and rules that are out there, uh, but it, those, those laws and rules don't prevent you from being able to get rid of tenants who refuse to pay their rent. Uh, it doesn't prevent you from solving problems that would keep your business from becoming profitable. So that's why we choo choose these markets. Um, here is our business model, and this is an example of a project that was probably the worst return projection that we've ever given. Um, but so we do value add C-class apartments. So this presentation is not really geared towards A-class or B-class properties. What we do is C. So that's a whole kind of different conversation as far as certain numbers that we use and whatnot. But the general outline of how we do things is pretty similar as far as, you know, being able to pull profit out of the property. So when you're do, do, doing your due diligence on somebody who's giving you an apartment offering, like I said, these are pretty bad returns. <laughs> so for example, like if you look at the, the five-year total uh, return, 86, almost 87%, uh, that's the lowest we've ever projected. Usually it's around 98, 100% or so uh, return on sale is just what that means. So that is our target return. Um, the IRR or internal rate of return, we're always targeting a 15% or higher IRR. Um, and I'm not going to get into the details of exactly what that means because we don't have time um, on this slide. Um, but this is just giving you an example uh, also of the average annual distributions. So we are targeting a 10% cash on cash return. So that's what that means, 9.36% cash on cash distribution or return. So um, when you're looking at people's projects, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, this is not how we do it, but a lot of people are telling me based on the, uh, the way that the market has increased in price and, and bought a lot of things that we're no longer able to get that kind of return. Um, we did this project and closed on this one in February. So I don't believe that that's the truth. I think you just need to get creative and know the right people and, you know, and hustle and wait until you find the sweetheart of a deal and not do everything that's out there. So, um, you know, people averaging returns at sometimes 6%, sometimes 5%, sometimes 7, 8, we try to get hit double digits. So, um, like I said, this is like the worst that we've ever projected. Usually it's 10, 11, 12 plus. So, um, the cash on cash is what the investor would be getting as a check in the mail. So, it would be that percentage of your overall investment. We do it quarterly, so you'd be getting a check quarterly. So again, this is showing you on this big deal that we did 264 units that we did an 80-20 LP uh, GP split. So um, again, like I mentioned, you can see projects out there that are 50%, 60%, et cetera. Um, and so, I mean, you can always still, of course, invest in those projects, um, but you're just not going to be able to take as much or take advantage of as much as you could if you were able to have more equity in the project. Um, and then also, so market size is something we look at. Um, so when you're looking at what the, the team is looking at for their standards for why they're investing, where they're investing, this is just something that we do, uh, 100K population minimum. Again, sometimes this can be variable uh, depending on a few things I'm going to cover in a second. We use a, a five-prong approach to researching the market. So you want to make sure the market is good and to make sure the deal itself is good and make sure the team is good and the documents are good. So uh, we'll go through all that. So market size is one of the aspects we look at.
Let's go through how we validate a market. So this is what we do and every different team kind of has a different variety or version of this. A lot of it's pretty similar because this is taking data that makes the project pretty stable. So number one thing that we look at when we're looking at a prospective market, because I'll look at, for example, if you see you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, those are big primary markets. Well, sometimes I'll see deals in like I saw last week, Waxahachie or in Denton, or so it's like a secondary market in Dallas. And so you have to drill down to that specific city, not just Dallas's data, and then you go down to the zip code too. So uh, what we do is we focus on population growth and this kind of goes through all the nitty gritty and I'm not gonna read all of it. Um, if you guys want a uh, copy of this presentation afterwards, you're more than welcome to have it. Um, in addition, it will be put onto the group that we have on Real Estate IQ's website uh, and we'll have that in the, uh, in the chat if you would like the link to go get the, that, uh, this presentation afterwards. So uh, what we do is we check for population growth. And again, this goes through over how many years uh, we want to basically see a positive increase by this amount based on the population of the city that you're looking at. Um, so number one, population growth. Number two, what we focus on is median household income. Number three is median house or condo value. So again, this kind of goes through exactly what we need it to hit, what numbers we need it to hit. No, we just don't want it to grow like 0.2%. There's a certain you know, threshold and then plus where it's a good, a good um, stable place to have the deal in. Um, again, these, four, these three first things are all coming from city-data.com as far as where we're pulling the data from. Uh, also in our market validation, part of that five-prong approach, focus number four, is change on crime levels. So again, this covers this, it's from city-data.com. Uh, for the delta or change in the last, I believe it's like seven or 10 years, uh, whatever that is on this uh, website, um, you want to see the crime decreasing steadily over time and, and starting and staying below 500, which I think five, it's like 500 um, murders or 500 uh, certain type of crime per square mile. Um, Again, on city-data.com and prong number five that we look at for our market validation uh, is 12-month job growth. This is huge, you know, so I would say that my top two um, would definitely be uh, job growth uh, and population growth. So those are two things. If we're in an area where there is no, no industries coming to this market and if there is no um, population growth on its own either, like what, what's the economic driver that's moving people there? And, and say what's to stop them from moving out, right? Um, so that's, again, the reason why we look at those markets. You know, we've got Austin with Tesla possibly coming in. Um, we've, we've got a lot of people moving because again, we're landlord business friendly and tax friendly. So as a business owner, you have to be able to become profitable and stay profitable over time. And if the state is making it so tight that you can't or char and charging you so much in taxes or you know, making you unable to get rid of tenants who choose not to um, follow the rules in their lease, you know, it's, it's a better place to invest in. So that's our five prong approach. So again, what we do, that's for the that's the market. And then we go down to the actual neighborhood real focus data. So the zip code and basically the um, subdivision, if you will. So the, the area that um, is very tight. So this is very important in San Antonio, Texas, for example, because it literally changes from block to block as far as crime and whatnot. But um, again, after this call, if y'all want more information, they um, you can look at um, this comes from, it's a really weird, um, link it's like g-o-o-g slash l-e dot something and, and again you can message me after this to ask what that link is um in in our group but um but basically that's how you can pull uh, the best uh, job growth and if you can't find the city you're looking for on job growth you can check out um bestplaces.org that's another great place to look at stuff and best places is another place to um compare crime data so 
we get this from city dash data, but you can also compare it from that. So, so for us, if you're looking at a deal, for example, and I mentioned earlier that we have uh, the minimum threshold of 100,000 people for the population of the city, because then you usually have major, um, major hospitals, you usually have an airport, you usually have you know, amenities that people need and reasons why people would stay there and be happy, you know, not have to travel elsewhere. So, um, so these are things that are really important to us. Now, as far as uh, the spreadsheet I use and how we grade, you know, do we need all five every time or what's, what's your breaking point? So for us, I've found that if I can find right now, especially because of, you know, the current status of COVID not really being sure, I used to do some deals where you would do, uh, you know, for sure, three, three of these, the, the job growth and the population growth was there for sure. Um, but now I, I make sure that all, that at least four of these prongs are checked off or that we meet the minimums. Um, so I've done, like I mentioned, the 100,000 population. So the Waxahachie deal I was looking at last week was like the most amazing deal I've seen in about a year, you know? And so I went really hard after it, but unfortunately the, the other buyer, I, I beat out seven other buyers, but the other one had just cash. So they were able to close, um, almost a $5 million deal in, in two days. So, um, unfortunately I got beat out, but, uh, that population is, I think like more in the twenties or something like that. So it's a suburb of Dallas. that's really growing. Um, but because it met all of the other, um, things that we look for plus more, actually, it was a great deal. So that is our real focus data that we use for market validation. And you can come up with your own data if you'd like, but this is something that I find is, is very effective. So this is a way to vet your sponsors. So, so you looked at your market. Now you got to look at your sponsors. So do your due diligence on, on me, do your due diligence on anyone that is involved in a project with you, because you're going to be in that project with them for quite a while. So I'm not going to read every single one of these, but again, you can have the presentation afterwards. And this is just a really good, it's a note that I save. So Q and a for passive investors or limited partners. And if you're going to be an active uh, investor or uh, apartment sponsor, one thing to do is know that you need to be answering these already ahead of time. So for example, in our uh, slide decks or webinars, whenever we get to the point where we have a deal under contract and we're presenting, we pretty much have all this stuff already answered in there uh, or a standard Q&A that we'll put at the end, which I mean, some of the stuff, you know, doesn't change. Like we'll, we'll always do C-class. We'll always, anyway, we'll always, you know, do an LLC. We'll always, anyway, so these are good questions to ask. And again, afterwards, if you'd like these, we can definitely get them to you. Uh, here's more, here's more questions to ask your sponsors. So I find that um, beginner investors that maybe like they've done some single family and they, they're sophisticated and they're ready to start doing some multifamily because they'll like pull equity out of their house or pull equity out of rentals or something like that and just, you know, put it in a multifamily. Um, I feel like they're too afraid to ask these questions because I don't know why but they are, but don't be afraid to ask these questions. Again, most of these should be answered in any kind of like communication about the deal, slide decks, webinars, things like that. But um, if you're asking them, it's okay. So my favorite thing was when I have an investor that wants to have a phone call with me, like we've talked over email a couple of times, they've looked at everything. They'll have probably like five to six major questions that maybe we didn't answer or they want clarification on or something and we'll talk. And you know, if they want to invest, they'll invest. If they don't, they don't and it's fine. Like there's no pressure here. Like if this project doesn't meet your market criteria, return projection criteria, or if these questions are answered the way you wanted, that's okay. Obviously uh, we're not for everybody and we, and we don't want to work with everybody either. For sure. The most important thing is making sure that everyone is that's in the project is getting what they want. Um, because this like investing is like kind of for fun, you know, it, it's not something you have to do. So uh, these are good questions to ask a sponsor. And then 
this is the next thing. So we went through the market, right? And then we went through uh, the sponsors themselves. And when I've asked, I have a list and it's a blog that's actually coming out soon here. It'll be a mini little book online. Uh, it's called 30 Tips for um, uh, Limited Partners or Passive Investors. And so a lot of the things are the tips. A lot of them have to do with how to vet, you know, specifically your sponsor, um, even more than what I just shared. And then um, also those things will, sorry, my dog keeps looking at herself. It's driving me nuts. Um, so huh, we'll have all those things that you need to go through. But then also once you have your team figured out and you have the market figured out, you're like, check, check, good. Um, then you need to understand the underwriting. So this is the other portion that we as a team at the apartment queen are working on well actually it's finished now which is exciting so carolina pictured below this is a screenshot um she actually developed this underwriting software herself so as y'all know we have a primary female facing team so uh she's extremely intelligent um has a math degree a master's in math or uh i forgot mathematics sorry uh, from from uh let's see, UC Berkeley, I believe. Uh, but anyway, she's extremely intelligent from Sweden. And uh, so Carolina developed her own underwriting software. So that's the other thing is, you know, when you go online and you're like, how do I do this? How do I look through all the numbers? There's going to be multiple tabs on your spreadsheet. And those multiple tabs are going to go through most of the stuff that we just covered. So it's going to cover the market. It's going to cover the sponsors. It's going to cover the returns. Um, and then the biggest part of it here is looking at, and so this is how to do the underwriting. You don't necessarily need to do the underwriting as a passive investor, but honestly, if you really wanna know what you're doing, I would recommend it. I would recommend you know, going through these videos and kind of teaching yourself what to look for, what might be a warning sign. We, we pop in assumptions, for example, there's certain boxes like, you know, what would our insurance costs be? What would our taxes be? What would, whatever. And so if you are looking at those and they seem way off, it may be a question that you want to ask the sponsor. And then in addition to that, um, looking at the cap rate. So uh, cap rate, I'm not going to go through the whole definition of that, but it's the capitalization rate. And basically there is a, a cap rate for that market. And I call it the, well, it's called the infill cap rate. So when you're looking at what you're buying the project at, and then you know what the infill cap rate of that zip code or that city is, and she goes through this in the video, she's like, for example, if you are being told by the seller that you need to buy this at a four cap, and you know the market's a six cap, whatever they're asking for the price is ridiculous, and it's not going to make any sense, and none of this information is going to work. You know, So it's also good uh, to know what our going in cap rate would be, so meaning what the current infill cap is. Then on the exit, at the end of the spreadsheet, you'll see uh, terminal or exit cap rate, basically. And that cap rate, I'm not going to get too much into it, but because we always assume that we buy a deal for the value that it, that it holds today. So it's, we're buying a business. So the income it's producing today, you're looking through all these things. We don't, and you'll see, um, you'll see like T12. So that's trailing 12. So that's what it's been performing out the last year, right? And then you'll see pro forma. Pro forma is uh, what we project that we'll be running it at the next 12 months. So my favorite column is the 12 month or T12 because those are the actuals. So that's what we usually offer the price at or we offer the, um, well, yeah, the price that we offer is from that information. Uh, we don't buy on futures. We don't speculatively buy like people do in the stock market we buy businesses for what they're valued at now. So uh, the exit cap rate is a little bit of like looking into a crystal ball, but it's not that um, difficult to understand. What I was saying is that we, when we underwrite, we were underwriting conservatively, meaning that if we think that it might be 250 a unit to do insurance, we'll just do 350, you know, or if we think, so we're always erring on, 
erring on the side of it's going to cost more, not that it's going to cost less. And so in reality, if it costs less, that's great. There's better returns. Um, so the exit cap rate is, um, is based on a poor performing market when you sell. So we're always assuming that we're going to have to be forced to sell in a recession, which doesn't make any sense. But, you know, stuff happens. So we always say that's probably what we'll have to sell it at. So without getting too technical and losing people, uh, basically that exit cap rate needs to be adjusted up. So a low cap rate means a stabilized deal, meaning the people have pretty much flipped all the units, they've increased the rents, they've gotten all the bad tenants out, they've gotten this property to a pretty smooth place where if someone was to buy it, it would just almost self-run itself. So it's not a challenging deal, an unstabilized deal with a higher cap rate, there's a lot of meat on the bone and a lot of opportunity there um, but it's, it's unstabilized. So we assume that the exit cap rate on sale in our assumptions is going to be higher. So we assume that like stuff goes wrong, right? And we, and we have to sell. So anyway, so if you guys are interested in seeing uh, this video, her and I are putting together a, a portal and a page to our website where you'll be able to access the, the software. I do have, uh, and, and she is going to, to charge for you to get her software because she also has videos that we've recorded that go with it. And Carolina is also willing to get on a phone call uh, if you need help. So that's another service. But if you want a free um, underwriting spreadsheet, again, you can either message me after this or in the group chat or admin at theapartmentqueen.com. And I've got a couple of spreadsheets that are they're real basic. They're not as robust as hers. And they don't cover as much. Um, because she built this herself with a couple of hybrids of what I was using, she was using, et cetera. Um, but if you just want to poke around and kind of mess with a sheet and see what it looks like and kind of whatever, we do have a free, free version. But underwriting, kind of having a general idea of what you're looking for and, you know, you're going to see the returns. And again, I hear this, I think it's kind of stupid, but I hear that, like, for example, if I was to buy a deal where in reality, my, my return on cash would be 24%, right? Average, annualized average for everybody in the project that they're like, you don't want to put that on a deal because people will freak out because it just seems too good to be true. And so that's, that's kind of the truth. But uh, if you do see that and you don't know the sponsor that well, that might be another really good question to ask the sponsor. Can you take me through exactly how you got to this and what you use to get to that? You know, you just want to make sure to protect your investment. So, you know, don't stop investing. That's the big message here is that throughout, you know, recessions and depressions, you know, money is still being moved around and it's still actually stimulating the economy. It's up to us as private people to stimulate the economy. Don't stop investing. But right now, more than ever, you know, you have your gold or your coins or your money, right? And it's so important to protect that. So that's why I'm kind of taking you through all these different steps to really, um, to really check the people you're investing with, the deal itself. So later on, you know, it's, it's not that much of a surprise. There's always stuff that happens. It's never perfect. You know, people are not perfect. Obviously, we know this, but for example, I had an investor that wants to invest with me now and get, try to get me involved with a past deal that uh, he is still in and asked you know, if I wanted to buy it because they wanted to sell, I guess. So I went and looked at it and the crime level was way too high. I had to do kind of a lot of analysis on it. So for me, crime is something that like based on what it was and how often things were happening in the police reports and things it was just like a no-go because if you're surrounded by crime, you really, there's nothing you can do about it. If you're on the edge of like a gentrification or, you know, new and upcoming areas, that's a different deal, but it's still, it's still kind of risky. So 
sorry, I won't get too much into detail. So underwriting is another good way to obviously really make sure that you know what you're doing and being able to check that. Here's another great thing. So as I've mentioned, and as many other people have mentioned, having a team in multifamily is so important. So one of the biggest assets to your team are your financial team, your boots on the ground team, and your legal counsel. So your legal counsel is huge. So this is my attorney, uh, SEC attorney, Securities and Exchange Commission attorney, Cindy Merlis. Um, she is part of our team. So this is just a little bit of a brief bio about her. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but she's someone that, you know, basically what we do is we set up our company agreements with them. We set up our uh, purchase and sale agreements. So basically your contract for the actual purchase of the property. Um, and then also registering with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, so in, in their very experience, and this is kind of like all this firm does, Calzer Associates. So uh, having that person to ask, you can even ask them to review somebody else's PPM documents um, and, and I'll go over that in a second. So we actually did a webinar on Thursday, I think this week. Uh, and again, I'll go through that in a second. Um, but having the team put together is the message here that's so important. And I think that when you're looking at somebody else's offering, um, having more of a team put together than just, you know, the, the two people that are leading the deal, because there could be problems. And so if you don't have support, there's, there's no way to solve things. So important we have teams. So this is kind of what we went over on our call on Thursday, and this is from Calzone Associates. So this is a slide that I thought a lot of people really liked. So giving you kind of a 30,000 foot view of what it looks like for a passive investor in a multifamily deal. Um, so again, like I mentioned earlier, you kind of want to create your avatar. You want to know what you want, you know, what kind of returns you want. Do you want to do value add? Do you want to stabilize asset? Um, what cap rates are you expecting? Number of doors that you want minimum? Uh, are you okay with the tertiary market? Do you just care about the returns? Are you more about, you know, what exactly is your, what's your deal breaker? You got to know what it is. So when you're reviewing offerings, you know where to say, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. That's simple. Um, then also uh, finding the opportunity or yeah, finding the opportunity. So that's usually probably the most challenging part, I think, of, of this deal. So for example, when we do securities offering uh, we do regulation d and this may change at the end of june and july but right now it's a regulation d 506 b or c offering and the most often used one for us is the 506 b or buddy offering so once we're under contract we actually can't use social media we can't do meetup groups to announce the deal we can't use our education clubs we can't talk about it so it's important even right now it almost swapped two with one is to get connected with those groups of people and, and stuff and do things like this where you're, you're tuning into, you know, me talking and, you know, there's going to actually be a, a multifamily or sorry, it's an apartment investing summit that myself and I think 15 other uh, individual and what I like to call free agent, um, free agent <laughs> um, apartment sponsors are going to be speaking about different topics at, and this will be, like I said, in July, I think it's July 22nd and it's going to be for four days. We're even going to be doing a Shark Tank thing on there where we actually will allow the individuals who uh, get into the event that they have a multifamily deal, for example, that they want to do. And then we are the sharks that all of us, you know, panelists are the sharks and they can present their deal to all of us. And then we're going to be able to bid on uh, if we think it's a good deal. We can either buy it from the individual. We can partner with them. We can provide the money. We can do whatever, you know, needs to do to get it done. But the point is, is like networking and going to these events. Is, is really important and now we're, we're online. So you still can, there will be like breakout sessions. Uh, and again, if you connect with somebody that is a panelist, uh, you can always reach out to them, you know, via email or call after the fact, you know. So anyway, back to the 30,000 foot view of the passive investor experience. 
um, once you know what you want, and then once you connect with individuals, uh, then someone might have an offering. So when they have an offering, um, you've got your uh, PPM documents. So someone's going to give you, and this is basically the document that says, here's all the risks. And so most of the time, um, you're already experienced with either owning businesses or in real estate already. So you understand the risks. And that's something that's very important. Um, whether you want your attorney to review the PPM document. So by the way, PPM is private placement memorandum. And it's a big stack, you know, big fat stack of papers. It's got the business plan, who's involved, how everyone gets paid, risks, rewards. I mean, all the, all the things. So best best experience I've had is having someone else's attorney go over that that document and see if they find anything that they're having questions about. Uh, also, making sure that they're going over the um, the operating agreement. That's also very key. And so I'm going to show you on another slide the presentation that my attorney and I did Thursday, uh, going over kind of uh, what are the key things to look at in there, because it's a lot of information, I get it. Um, and then again, you wanna research the, the manager, the general partnership, every single person in that group, uh, having a, a relationship is really great. Um, and again, uh, you wanna know these things like number of sponsors and key persons, you wanna know the number of doors that each person's invested in. Most of that is covered in these uh, presentations or webinars that we do when a deal is available. But um, again, you can ask, you know, no big deal. Uh, then the investment method. So when you're a passive investor, you're investing in a company. So you're going to be getting shares and that's why we do a securitized offering. You're going to be owning securities. So these securities, uh, you can invest as an individual, an LLC, a trust, a self-directed IRA, a, a EQRP, a QRP, um, a solo 401k. There's, there's many ways to invest in a, uh, or you can just do like, like I said, cash as an individual. Whenever you're investing as a part of an entity, it really does help create a, a level of separation. I'm not an attorney, so I'm not gonna go any more into detail on that, but basically as, as most of y'all probably already know, you know, being able to separate out you know, your personal assets from this business investment is always a smart, smart deal to do or idea to do. Then once you've looked at everything, uh, you have figured out how you're going to invest, then you need to basically wire funds. And so if it's a self-directed IRA, there's a whole process to that we're not gonna cover today. Uh, but I will be covering that with the CPA and uh, Haley Gant from Quest uh, in, in, at the end of June. So stay tuned for, for an event on that. We'll be walking you all through the process of each different type of investment model and uh, how, how it works to invest. Um, so anyway, so then once you have all that set up and funded, then you can wire funds and make sure, um, make sure to get your instructions for wiring before, uh, before wiring funds. That's, that's key. Don't, uh, if you think you know, make sure you confirm it with the sponsor. So this is a, a document, and again, I can get this to y'all, put it in the group, you know, if you request it, go ahead and just put that in the chat. This is what we covered on Thursday. There, there's two pages to this, so this isn't a whole thing, it's just I took a screenshot. So what we are looking at, so as a very general way to look at a, a, a prospective offering, um, as a passive investor, obviously I think it's really great to have your legal counsel look over the documents for you. Um, because then they're also aware of what you're doing. And if there's issues, then that's the person that would already know how to deal with it. Um, but for example, again, I'm not going to cover all the things on this, but you know, you want to know how are distributions handled. So you would literally look in the PPM documents. You would be able to look in the um, company agreement as well. And every PPM and company agreement, they're different sponsor to sponsor. And basically they track along with each other. So the PPM is like this many documents and operating agreements like this many documents but you just want to make sure that they're consistent you know so that's one thing to, to check out um 
You want to know how are distributions handled. Again, that's it's always answered inside these documents, usually in the PPM uh, and probably, again, inside the uh, company agreement. Uh, capital calls, that's another thing that I get a question on uh, quite a bit, and that will be all outlined in there and deal per deal it changes. Um, so what would trigger a call? So right now, for example, if you're investing in a deal and we don't really know what's going to happen with COVID at the end of the year, you know, me being conservative, I assume it's just going to happen again. And so at that point, you know, for capital calls, um, is, is that just part of the deal now? Because, you know, we really don't know what's going to happen. Whereas before capital calls, oh, they were such a bad thing. Uh, but the big thing that you want to know about that is, I mean, you could keep putting in money. That's fine. Uh, as long as it's not draining out a hole at the other end, uh, obviously check that. But uh, you'd want to know this before getting into the deal. How would that be handled? Is there a minimum? Is there a maximum? Uh, does every member have to participate? Can they not participate and just dilute their shares with new people coming in? Uh, how does that work? So it's good to know um, how does that affect your voting rights, uh, distribution rights, things like that. So again, voting rights, um, are you even acquiring voting rights or are you just doing distribution rights? Many agreements, like, like most of ours, unless it was a really small deal or a tick or tenants in common, uh, or 1031 where we partnered with that, then it's all, all of us are active. Most of the time, the uh, bus driver or the team, the active team or sponsors are the ones that are doing all the voting. So as far as, you know, where things are spent, who's in charge of what, um, execution on certain items in the business plan, that is the team's job, right? Your job is to put up some capital and just sit back and relax and collect your checks, you know? And so, um, it's meant for, you know, passive investing is meant for people who, you know, don't have the time don't want to take the time to learn years and years. I still don't know it all, believe me. Um, and this is going to my third year of still learning. It's crazy. Um, they don't want to learn forever. Okay? Some people don't like that, you know what I mean, um, et cetera. So you want to understand these few things as well as change in management. Like how is that handled? Uh, again, is it the voting rights? Usually it's two thirds majority vote uh, is usually what's in like the boilerplate example of a uh, operating agreement. But every deal, again, can be different. So these are just some really key things. And again, there's another page. So if you want this, um, just let us know and I will put these resources. Um, I will get the resources to you. Um, and so this is a question that I have uh, and then I'm finished. Yay. Um, who is interested in being qualified for our next multifamily investment? So um, all you got to do is uh, go into the chat and put your email in there or uh, if you want to email me admin at theapartmentqueen.com, I'll get you uh, a questionnaire that we need filled out to make sure that you're, you're pre-qualified for the deals. Um, and then also, whenever you fill up that questionnaire, um, I'll be sending you these, these materials if you want them. You know, obviously, you can specify in that email that you don't want them, and I won't, I won't send them. But um, that's, that's, I think, that's it. Yep. Let me stop screen sharing and let Becky hop on. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm Becky with Real Estate IQ, and I am coming to show you a couple cool things that Real Estate IQ has going on right now. There we go. The first, the first thing is our Real Estate IQ community. If you have not joined our online community yet, please make sure you do that. Go to realestateiq.co, which is our regular public website, and go to community. And you can join there up here where in the corner, it'll let you sign up. And then once you join, go to groups here. And we have a bunch of different groups and Kaylee has one. So if you search apartment, 
Here's Kaylee's group, Apartment Real Estate Investors. So come join that if you haven't already. This is where the link to the recording of this presentation will be. Also, we have some other groups. So based on where you're at, oops, I have a Houston Deal Finders Lounge group. I also have a women in real estate group. So please look for join those or look through all the groups that we have and see if there's something else that interests you. This is a relatively new. Uh, we still haven't done our official launch of it, but we are just trying to, uh, you know, trying to get the community. And I think this is going to end up being a great place to connect, to find deals, post deals, uh, find whatever kinds of things you need for your real estate investing. So the marketplace, here's where you can find funding, education, things like contractors, title companies, or if you want to do passive investing in notes, you can find out information about that here as well. And then under events is where you can find out about our, all of Real Estate IQ's upcoming events. Um, so please go realestateiq.co and join the community groups. All right, so if you are not familiar with Real Estate IQ, what else we do is um, we have our deal analysis suite, which is uh, for residential, but you can run all the comps that you want. You can also comp vacant lots and, and some commercial properties on there as well, as we have a repair estimator calculator and a deal analyzer calculator. Um, we also have updated daily lists of motivated and distressed sellers. Uh, so we have these 10 types of leads and the one that have asterisks are part of our premium package, which means they come to you with the skip tracing already attached and already on the spreadsheet. So you can start emailing and calling those people right away. Also as part of that premium package is our commercial off-market leads list which is anything that's um, owned by a commercial entity that's on the list of pre-foreclosures, code violations, um, tax sale. I'd have to look up which ones, but about five of those lists are on there as well. County Data Finder, here's where you could search for, um, if you wanna start with a small multifamily, you can do a search for those and contact the owners uh, you can find out estate owners, absentee owners, whatever you want. This searches the, the uh, county tax records. So you can just create a focus list of whoever you want to market to to get your deals. And that's part of our deal finding suite, along with our MLS deal finder, where you can search for properties that are listed at a discount and um, also run comps. And that's all part of our deal finding suite. We also have our ROI Muse commercial and residential deal analysis calculators. These are really inexpensive. Um, I think it's $30 a month, maybe it's only 25. Um, and you can get these calculators and they're easy to use and very powerful. So check those out. Uh, we also have some freebies if you haven't signed up for these yet. We have some heat maps that show you where the deals are. Um, and we have our deal of the day, which is a live MLS deal that you could make an offer on or just use as a good educational tool to know what's going on in the marketplace. I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Hopefully this was informative. Hopefully this was helpful. 
um, that's that's my goal to always give value. Uh, and again, you know, if you want to get into multifamily real estate, like, you know, we mentioned with the real estate IQ, uh, and I mentioned about, you know, having someone come help me, um, I am only going through the sources that I have made network connections and being able to get deals. But, you know, if you are using other sources or if, you know, I've got friends in the HVAC business that find, find deals and then I can bring them on as a, as a partner. Um, you know, if you're able to go source some deals and then bring them to me, um, we can work together. So, you know, if you want to use some of the, the resources real estate IQ has, as well as, you know, one thing that my girlfriend uses, um, I think from them, because she didn't like the skip tracer I gave her, um, was because they're doing mobile home parks. And so she wanted to be able to skip trace data and be able to find a certain type of person that would be selling one or own them. So, um, I've been able to help her. So anyway, um, yeah, if you guys want to work together, obviously, uh, Real Estate IQ has a lot of great resources. And thank you, Becky, for having me on today. And thank you for, for sponsoring uh, today. Thank you. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.